Welcome to the show that teaches you the things your parents and teachers are too afraid to. The Helios blog. Today, Jordan Peterson reveals a harsh reality for 50% of women. Let's get into it. The reason she's alone is because she's difficult. Women are not accepting the bare minimum. Women fuck men they respect. All the women who say things like, I'm strong, independent, I don't need no man, like, y'all impress me. Women just gaslight each other and say what they want to hear. You see the ONS data that came out a couple of weeks ago that said for the first time ever since records began, 50.1% of women are childless by 30. So there are more women without children at 30 than there are women with children. The first it's actually insane. First yeah. time ever. Well, so uh, this is somebody clipped a part of one of my podcasts, I believe it was, where I was talking about what, what our society does to 19-year-old women or 18-year-old women, 19-year-old women, who just lie to them all the time. You know, the first lie. Yep. Lies to them and tells them that their career and education is the most important thing. Totally not children. Is, there's nothing more important than your career, more or less by definition. So that's the first lie. The second lie is there will be nothing more important to you in your life than your career. Of course, that's a hilarious lie. Again, just consider women's biology and think about that for a second. So that's the second lie. And then the third lie is there should be nothing more important in your life than the, your career. That's womanist, wokest garbage. So that's the third lie. And then I implicit in that is the idea that children are a burden and that the idea that women should have children is part of the oppressive patriarchy. Yup, and, and there's more. There's also that, uh, you know, environmentalist crap that we heard on the Whatever podcast. The world is so overpopulated now. Why would you ever want to have children? Like, are you an idiot? And should be resisted. And who are men to tell me what I can do with my body? And Hey, fair enough. And et cetera, et cetera. Now, again, actions have consequences. If you make stupid decisions... Those decisions have stupid consequences. I've worked in female-dominated occupations my entire life. I worked, for example, I worked as a daycare uh, worker way back when that was like 19, probably 80, something like that. And there were no men doing that, but I really liked kids, and so that was fun. And I worked for social services in Alberta in the in the child care department, and... Uh, then I've been working as a psychologist, either training or as a psychologist since then. And that's been a female-dominated enterprise increasingly as the years went by. But even when I... Yep. And the sad part is that universities, right? They, uh, they usually pair the psychology degree with women's studies, which is just brainwash school, right? The girls learn to be useful idiots um, that are trained to disdain men and, uh, you know, think the evil patriarchy is ruining and has ruined historically, all women's lives, uh, forever. And uh, that women should be proud to shake off the yoke of oppression and all that. It's just, it, it just reeks of, um, you know, Stalinist um, type, uh, you know, brainwash communist propaganda, right? But again, they don't realize this because they don't ever read critically. So, or really listen critically. They just hear what the professor says professor being a brainwashed buffoon and just copy right and 
not realizing it'll lead to their destruction and the eventual destruction of the civilization, their, their own family, their own happiness. They don't realize that. They don't care. Because they don't think to care. Was first when I first entered it. So I've, I'm in the post female in the workplace generation firmly. I never experienced. Hey guys, it's your girl Melanie, and we'll continue watching this. But I thought this was an interesting um, clip from Chris Williamson's channel. Um, I do love his channel. I do think he has interesting conversations. Some of his takes I don't agree with, um, and you guys have made it clear that he is a a Chad. Uh, I guess to most women out here, so his perspective of things a lot of times is. I hate her. I didn't realize that this was going to be. Okay, sorry. Um, uh, I'm going to find the original video here. Let's see if, if she has a link in the description. Uh, nope, she does not. Okay, let's see. Let's, let's try to find it. Okay, so uh, this is the original video here. One second, we're just loading it up. Sorry about the ad, hopefully it skips it. And... Skip double ads, great, love that. No. Okay. Sorry, just full screening it here, and uh, the, it should load oh, momentarily. That came out a couple okay, of weeks we go, ago. We for the f okay, we we're just going to skip ahead a bit. Okay, and turn this down. Well, what our society does to nineteen-year-old women or eighteen-year-old women? Okay, yeah, you've already heard this. Okay, that women should have children is part of the oppressive patriarchy. Yeah, here we go. Here we go. It should be resisted, and who are men to tell me what I can do with my body? Hey. Fair enough, and et cetera, et cetera. Now, I've worked in female-dominated occupations my entire life. I worked, for example, I worked as a daycare uh, worker way back when that was like 19, probably 80, something like that. And there were no men doing that, but I really liked kids, and so that was fun. And I worked for social services in Alberta in the in the child care department, and uh, then I've been working as a psychologist, either training or as a psychologist since then, and that's been a female-dominated enterprise increasingly as the years went by. But even when I was first, when I first entered it, so I've, I'm in the post-female in the workplace generation firmly. I never experienced the world except as that, and so I've watched women. Yep, and uh, the the sad part again. I don't know if you guys have heard, but it's it's from the bedroom fun revolution, right? From the 1960s when the birth control pill was um, was invented, and um, people say that it's an even greater, an even more globally impactful thing than the nuclear bomb. Humanity really has the ability to destroy itself in multiple different ways, and uh, the birth control pill is one of the real ways that um, that it can happen. And uh, here's what I mean. 
Well, what it's done is it's basically shifted the bedroom fund market, right? So girls before, they didn't really have control over their reproduction like they do now. Um, Every time they were to have bedroom fun with a guy, it would be a threat, the threat of having a child. Um, And so they had to evaluate the decision much more rationally about who they would have a child with, right? Um, Leaning more towards a provider than, uh, than a chad, right? Because they they knew that a, a man that was that sought after would would you know likely impregnate multiple girls and also likely not take care of her child um and that made you know marriages make a lot more sense right but nowadays the bedroom fund market is much more skewed than that and actually if you look at statistics like uh, tinder for example the swipe apps and so on um the only men that get swiped on, uh, on those apps are the top 4.5%. So most men, that's what, 94.5, 95.5% of men, uh, they do not get selected at all. They're invisible. And basically, that means that a large percentage of the population are not bedroom fun entities. They're not um, choices for reproduction. And because they're not choices for reproduction, the whole environment, the whole landscape shifts. And that's what we've we've been seeing. Like in 2024, it's very obvious to you guys, especially those of you who are in the dating market right now. Um, it's very obvious that things are different. If you are not a superior man, you get nothing. There is no chance of reproduction. More men are... are virgins than ever before and more women are not virgins than ever before and why is that well it's because they share the chad and it's easier than ever to find a chad because the the internet makes it easy right so the market has become a global market of competition progress through their professional careers at every level of attainment from the lowest to the highest and observed what happened and relatively, I would say, bias-free because I didn't know. And what I've seen is that as women progress towards their late 30s, no, late 20s, they, there's a psychological transformation. And what happens is... That's called the wall. When women realize that they are no longer as competitive as they used to be when they were younger, they can't get the attention that they used to get from men. And um, it shifts the attention from just seeking bedroom fun from Chad to now it's time to settle down and have children. Is that they place less emphasis on their career and way more emphasis, particularly on having a child. And that really reaches a crisis point around 29 or 30 for the vast majority of women and, and their attitude. Yeah, yeah, it's it's like a gymnast, right? They mess up the whole jump, the whole tumble, the in the air, the flailing around, but they're trying to stick the landing, right? These these girls think that um, you know, you can make a whole slew of bad decisions, get multi-time alpha widowed, sleep with a you know a bunch of girls, nothing bad will ever happen. To, uh, sorry, sleep with a bunch of guys, sleep with a bunch of girls. That's funny. Sleep with a bunch of guys, nothing bad will ever happen, right? And then then they wonder. Why is it that the guys I'm sleeping with, none of them ever give me a relationship? Why am I always in the quote-unquote talking stage with guys? Why do I never get selected? 
Will you never get selected because you made horrible decisions? You're not a good bet for paternity. So a guy doesn't want to quote unquote buy you because in the market, the girl is the seller and the guy is the buyer. And what are uh, women selling? Well, they're selling bedroom fun for a relationship, right? But these guys, they see that they're not worth buying and so they just have the bedroom fun and then leave. They don't understand. Why am I not getting what I want? Well, you're not getting what you want because you make horrible decisions. And since you make horrible decisions, horrible things happen to you. Two flips. I've seen it flip very dramatically with many women. Um, and I suppose the most signal, single, most uh, convincing evidence of that, I worked with high-end lawyers in Toronto for about 10 years. I was part of an organization. We went to law firms, high-end law firms, and said, send us your most productive people and we'll help them iron out whatever wrinkles there might still be in their life. And the advantage to them is that things will go better for them. And the advantage to you is they'll be even more productive. And there's a good management dictum, which is pay the most attention to your most productive people because they're bringing in the bulk of your revenue disproportionately. And so I worked with men and women who were at the peak of their careers in a very difficult enterprise. And so these were women who were generally very attractive um, well put together physically, pretty stable psychologically, extremely conscientious, very, very smart, and and still idiots because they didn't account for their own biology, which is very funny. But yeah, so when Jordan says they're attractive and well put together physically and all that, what he means is they're very conscientious, they're very hardworking. And a hardworking person is going to be able to have a nice body, right? Because they they can work to maintain it. High achieving from like junior high all the way through high school, university, law school, onto uh, the top firms, rocketing up through the ranks, full partnership by the time they were 29 or 30. And all the law firms, all the women bailed out, all of them. Wow. And why is that? Why would the social climbers, just like men, if a man was on the same trajectory, he would be a superstar. Why would they bail out? Well, that's because there's such a thing as biological reality. Girls' fertility sharply drops at 37. But imagine you get to 30, 32 years old as a girl and you've never had one long-term relationship because you focus so hard on your career. Well, you're going to need to focus on a relationship, right? And there are bigger concerns. So, I don't know if you guys know, but hypergamy is a thing. So here's what hypergamy is. Women want a man who's their superior. So he has to be superior to her in every way. Bigger, stronger, taller, faster, fitter, more friends, better friends, more charismatic, la la la. Everything. Ideally. And these girls in high achieving careers, it's very hard for them to find a man. And that's because they've priced themselves out of the market. 
they have such high expectations that they're unable to ever meet them. And this is the, you know, if you've watched Kevin Samuels' show, you, you, you know, you've seen it. It's like, it's the girls that are like, I'm a PhD. Well, who cares? That's not what men find attractive. So these girls, they think that by becoming the man that they're attracted to, they can get the man they're attracted to. But nothing could be further from the truth. Men are not attracted to other men. I mean, you know, in, if, they're, if they're, you know, if they're straight, if they're heterosexual. And so, because they're not attracted to other men, you displaying the most masculine traits possible is not going to make it more likely to get with the guy. So there you go. The law firms couldn't keep them. And I, I was really, and I talked to the women a lot about a lot, a lot about this because I was very interested in it because I knew the law firms were bending themselves over backwards and tying themselves into knots trying to retain these women because why wouldn't they, you know, just, just being greedy capitalists is enough. You know, they don't want to lose their high performing women because they're performing at the highest level. And But the irony is that because these girls are living this masculine existence, they push themselves away from their own biology which eventually pushes back uh what is it uh every action has an equal and opposite reaction <laughs> hilarious they couldn't keep them the women wanted to have nine to five jobs they wanted to bind the job so they could have a life and that was especially true once they got interested in having a child or had one and what what they really came to was a very uh interesting realization so because they were highly conscientious women, they sort of did their duty and, and worked hard and diligently and didn't pop their head up to ask questions. They were in junior high, they got the best grades. They were in high school, they got the best grades. And so on, all the way through, right till they reached partnership. But that's sort of an act. But the problem is, they didn't think about your, the life long-term strategy that is required for girls, which is pushed on them much more than on men. Girl has to figure it out much faster than men. By the time they're 28, they need to be in a stable relationship, ideally married, ideally there's plans for kids on the way or else it's a disaster. Like, you don't, you don't have infinite fertility as a girl. So, her following the conscientious path of just doing the strong independent career thing doesn't account for the long-term biological goal that most women need to live for, to have a long-term, good, psychologically healthy and happy life, which is having children. If she doesn't achieve that, misery in cats is all that remains. So imagine you're 28, you spent all this time working on your career, focusing on that, you've never had a real relationship, and then your biological drive kicks in and says, why haven't you had a kid yet? And bam, everything that you ever put together, everything you've ever built up in your life comes crashing down. Apogee, right? You hit partnership in a senior law firm, it's like you're at, you're at the top of your profession. Well, then what? 
Well, so then they looked around and they thought, hmm, here I am with all these like hyper competitive men, perfectly willing to work 80 hours a week nonstop to stay at the top. What the hell are they doing? Because that's the real question. What is it? What is it that characterizes this small percentage of hyper-competitive men? It's not. You can assume that that's how everyone should be, but first of all, that isn't how everyone is. Or you can flip that and say, well, there's only a small minority of human beings that are willing to do this, to work flat out eight hours a week. I mean, they're, getting, they're certainly being paid for it. Let's make no mistake about that. But well, what about the rest of life? Well, that's what the women asked. Why am I doing this? And that's a great question. Well, for men, there's a different answer than for women. It's a really different answer. And it isn't like the men are exactly thinking this through. It's, it's more like this is an integral part of male motivation. The more successful you are as a man, the more women like you. But the problem... That's exactly right. It's they're doing it to be competitive. Because if you're competitive, then you get access to good genes. Right, so you can have healthy children and you can raise a family properly. That's the idea that you have now is that as women are getting better educated with more employment, more status, more prestige, they compete themselves out of their ability to find an attractive mate. As women raise up through the dominance hierarchy, and this is competence hierarchy. Competence hierarchy, sorry. <laughs> okay. uh, who's going to tell women the equal access to opportunity that you have recently just acquired, actually what that's doing is it's making it more difficult for you to find a mate that you're fundamentally attracted to. Yeah, well, it... Well, that's exactly the problem. I, I already talked about hypergamy, right? Women want a superior. So, but the problem is there aren't that many men that are superior to you when you're at the top of the male game. So why are you even playing the male game? That's the real question here. And the answer is, if you're a girl and you're playing the male game, you're a useful idiot. You're sacrificing your own life and future happiness for what? For taxes. They can tax you more. You produce for society, like a man, at your own expense. That's the, that's the truth. The truth is, womanism wants you to die. And by that principle, it's evil. It wants your genes to die. It, it does a lot of things. I mean, it does provide women with a lot more uh, opportunity on the economic front. It does decrease their dependency on their mate in relationship to economic security. And educating, educating women, countries that are willing to educate women, that's the best predictor of their future economic success. So if you look at developing countries... And you you see? Because again, what do the capitalists care about? They don't care about happiness. They don't care about stability. They don't care about any of that. They can import people that are going to have kids. No, what they care about is money. They don't care about you, women listening, 10 of you. They don't care about you being happy and having a good life. No, they care about themselves, their own money. So when you follow this idiotic strategy, all you do is you sacrifice yourself to be taxed by the government. Congratulations. At your own happiness. That's the expense. 
You sacrifice yourself for them. Congratulations, you're living a male life. You've sacrificed yourself for society at your own expense. Find out what about a developing country is most likely to predict the fact that they will continue to thrive economically. It's their attitude towards the education of women. And a couple more things. Women's educational status predicts their children's educational status, but men's educational status doesn't. So that's also an important multi-generational effect. Um, I, I released a video. I was going to conclude that other story. I released a video or someone released a clip of me talking about some of the things we just talked about. And it went out on YouTube shorts and it's got like 5 million views in a month or something like that. And the comment section is unbelievably vitriolic. Is every single comment is vitriolic. And it's all from women. It's like, who is this old white bastard telling us what we should do with our bodies? You know, and I wasn't... Indeed. And yeah, and what, what is the real problem? The real problem is women don't want the truth. They don't want to know that they're being destroyed by their actions. They just want to, you know, bread and circus. But the problem is, that's not what's best for them. Anyway, who am I to say what's best for them, right? I wasn't being judgmental. I was just saying exactly what I said to you, which is, well, I've watched women over the entire course of my life with I would say an affectionate eye, you know, I love my sister, I love my wife, I have a daughter, I love my mother, I'm pretty happy about women, all things considered. I don't have an axe to grind in relationship to how they should conduct their lives. I don't even know how they should conduct their lives. I've watched what happens. And I've also watched what happens to women who hit 29 or 30 and then can't conceive. And that is not a fate I would wish on anyone. It's awful. And 30% of couples fall into that. 30% of couples have difficulty conceiving. It's a lot. And the probability that you'll have difficulty conceiving increases with age. And so, you know, say la vie. There you go. All right. Let's end the video there. Hit the like, hit the sub, hit all for notifications. Drop me a donation like Hunter M, Adrian Altum, and Bobby Dylan, Renaissance Press, and Brian. Shout out to you, most recent Patreon subscriber. Thank you. If you want coaching, message me at theheliosblog at gmail.com. I'll slot you right in. Go buy my books at bit.ly slash heliosbooks. And of course... My Patreon is patreon.com slash theheadiestblog. Thank you so much for listening, guys, especially if you listen to the end. Take care of yourselves, and I'll see you next time.